may be seated. Thank you, Candace, and thank you, team, and thank you all for being here as we get, get this opportunity just to uh, gather and to worship. Uh, what a joy, joy it is. I'm grateful for this day. I teased others and said I was really debating about whether to show up or not. <clears throat> <clears throat> but I appreciate the songs today, Michelle, uh, some of my favorite, and I thank you for that, that blessing. Uh, but thank you for joining us today, whether online or whether in, in Gather here. I know if you're online that you would choose to be here, but, you know, it's such a, a mess right now with COVID and trying to navigate, but we're grateful. However, here's what uh, I want you all to know, whether online or whether here, uh, what a blessing every one of you are uh, to Becky and me. Mm-hmm. We have been so blessed to uh, do life uh, together, and we are grateful. Uh, Each one of you are a gift to us and to this staff. Um, My goodness, uh, my second family. And uh, what you mean to to us, I just want to say thank you for your yes. Uh, With the giftedness that God gifted you, uh, to come along and for us just to do kingdom work together. Uh, I am so honored uh, to have done that. We gathered today and I had this thought. I don't know if you had it or not. My thought was this. We made it. I don't know if you've been like me, but it seems like for eternity, uh, the announcement has been made uh, December the 6th is going to be Bill's last time on the platform. And so we made it. Uh, I didn't think it would ever get here. Um, But here we are. And I do confess, I don't know how to do this. Uh, If I ever have to do it again, (laughs) I might get it right the second time. But... uh, As I gather in this place uh, today, uh, I chose today as my last time on the platform because we've got Christmas ahead of us, and we've got something much more important than Bill and Becky that we're going to celebrate. And I wanted us to have this day today so we could really focus on the Christ child and the gift that he gave to each and every one of us. And I know it's been said that, you know, this is my last message here Uh, In my heart, my last message was two uh, Sundays ago when I preached on the sufficiency of Jesus. So today, we're just going to walk down, uh, um, um, talk about a memory lane. We're going to walk down that lane, and then uh, we're going to share with you what Becky and I are going to be doing in retirement, and then I want to speak blessing over you. So that's our plan that we have for today. Uh, Many times I have had to hunker down in my office and to pray for courage and strength and to uh, face the leadership challenges that were ahead, none more so than uh, getting ready for today. But I know the Lord's going to give strength. I know He's going to give courage uh, for us today. So let's take a trip down memory lane. As I have reflected over my ministry, uh, I've seen God's hand at work in so many different ways. And I wanted to point that out for you, for God's glory. Uh, All of what you will hear would not have been 
made possible without a whole bunch of folks uh, in our lives. I can't name them all, but ones I need to name are Becky and Ben and Jenny. Ben was seven, uh, Jenny was two when we uh, took off for seminary. Uh, They didn't understand uh, why we had to do that. Becky and I, we didn't understand why we had to do that. But for Jenny and for Ben, uh, thank you for doing the hard thing. Uh, One easy, and I'm grateful uh, for you both. Love you dearly. And then for uh, me, Mama, and for Jim, uh, they were part of the dairy farm. And so with my decision to go to seminary, it left a void for work and for activity, and it does not go unnoticed. And I thank you for that that gift you gave to us to make it possible. Uh, For Becky, I could not have done what I've done uh, without you. Uh, We truly have been a team. And then in our family section today, we've got the Tates from New Albany, and we've got the Lammies of our next-door neighbors, and they are our, our extended family, and just grateful for them. But there are a lot of folks, including you, that just have made this journey possible. I, I've never liked uh, saying anything about me or I. I like the pronoun of we. I like for others to uh, be highlighted. So today is not about Becky and me, but, but I think about this journey of ours. And there are just some things, just some things uh, that you need to know that you might not know. It's important to share these things uh, because God's hand has been all over this path that we have followed. It began when I was 10 years old. I can tell you the exact spot I was when I heard an audible voice from God that uh, said, Bill, I want you to be a preacher. And my first response was, you got the wrong guy. Uh, nothing to see here. Move on. Uh, I don't want that. I had my own plans for my own life. And for the next 20 years, I was able to push that call uh, to the side. But when God calls you, he won't leave you alone. At the age of 30, I surrendered uh, to that original call as a child. And when I did, then uh, I was able to serve in our local church uh, at Pinedale, Mississippi. Our pastor that was there had died of cancer. And so knowing that I was going into the ministry and seminary was ahead, they asked me to serve a local church there uh, that had two churches that went along with it as well. Uh, I was still milking cows, and I would go and I would preach at 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, and 11 o'clock. Becky went on that circuit ride with me one time. She said, next time I'm packing a snack. (laughs) And when you're preaching on a circuit, uh, you don't want the move of the Holy Spirit because uh, you you can't be detained. you got to get to the next place. And so I was serving there up till mid-September when uh, the district superintendent came and he said, Bill, I want you to consider going 45 miles away to Wheeler, Mississippi. There uh, you will swap places with uh, the pastor that's coming to serve your home church. 
And so we made the journey to Wheeler uh, for our introductory interview with the Pastor Parish Relations Committee. And so Becky and I were sitting there. They're getting to know us. We're getting to know them. And we came very evident right off the bat that they did not know that I was still dairy farming. They didn't know that we were not moving into the community. They did not know that we were going to seminary in June. And we sat there and we were listening and said, what's up with that? So on the way home, we had ridden over with the district superintendent. And I asked, why didn't you tell them? And he said, well, there are some things that churches just don't need to know. And so my first introduction into ministry outside of my home church was to stand in that pulpit that first day and to share with them uh, our plans. And that seminary was in the future, but oh, how we fell in love with those folks at Wheeler. Uh, they put up with my travel back and forth, 45 miles away. Uh, they put up with the, the extended part of our family being there just uh, on the, the weekend. Uh, on Sunday, uh, we would stay till Sunday night uh, church. Uh, and then um, uh, they put up with my sermons. I, I, my cows, they really liked my sermon, but I don't know if they did or not. <laughs> and so we were back and forth that way uh, for those that time until we went to uh, seminary in June. Uh, but they, they gave us so much at Wheeler. So we ended up uh, in June traveling to seminary. The uh, district superintendent said, uh, I want you to know we got six uh, student appointments, meaning that you go and you serve a local church there, small local church, and then you travel back and forth to seminary, which was 60 miles away. And I did that for four days a week. Uh, back and forth uh, into Atlanta in a carpool. Uh, the district superintendent had said to us originally as we visited with him, he said, I want you to know that uh, I'm considering you for two different appointments. Uh, one is uh, a fairly good-sized small church that has an adequate parsonage, and the other one uh, is about as big as that one, but they have a double-wide trailer. So which one do you want? And I looked at him, I said, I'm not telling you that because God knows where he needs us. I don't know how Becky and I made it through those three years. Uh, she stayed home with Jenny. She took care of Ben, making sure he was in school and doing everything he needed to do. And so uh, it was a season of life where 24 hours a day was just not enough. Uh, to be a, a dad, to be a husband, uh, to be a mom, uh, to do seminary, to take care of a church. I don't, I don't know how. But one of the lessons that we learned from that uh, was not, uh, that time in seminary was not in a classroom. What we learned is that God is faithful and you can trust God and God will always provide. While we were there, uh, amazingly, uh, first time it had ever happened in North Georgia uh, conference, uh, that church that we were serving, the larger church, uh, one small membership church of the year. I don't know how we did that, but yet it was one of those blessings of affirmation uh, that here you go. And uh, I just want to affirm you, uh, Bill, in, in what you're doing. Uh, 
one of the things that I've really struggled with in my own life uh, that I've battled internally is that um, I look in the mirror and I don't know why God called me into ministry. I don't see the giftedness. I look at others. I, I see what others do. And, and I've never been able to just put my finger on why God would call me. But it was one of those affirmations of God when we won that award. said, see, told you. Uh, you. You just have to give your yes. I'll take care of everything else. Well, we left uh, seminary. We came back to Boonville, Mississippi. Uh, it's really black land. It was uh, just west of Boonville. And at Christ Church, uh, we were there, and uh, it was a, an amazing time for us because Becky, uh, we served there for three years. Two of those years, I did college ministry at Northeast Mississippi Community College along with the two churches that I was serving. I uh, said they looked at me. They didn't think I had enough to do, so they gave me college ministry. And uh, Becky was traveling 35 miles back and forth with Ben and Jenny to New Albany. That meant they had to get up early in the morning. They came in late at night. It was a hardship for them and for my children uh, to do that. But while we were there, uh, that church uh, at Blackland taught me uh, about prayer. My goodness. Uh, that group of folks... They didn't mind coming to the altar. And I would gather down at the altar with them, and I'd be uh, in my own prayer. And then all of a sudden, I would hear someone go into a prayer language. And I just knew that I was in the presence of the Holy Spirit. A deep spiritual place. And as we were there, uh, lo and behold... Uh, God blessed that ministry again because it was Christ Church that won small membership church of the year for that district. Again, it won what Bill did. It's what we did. And, and I look back on that time of ministry and uh, I, I realize that when a church has a unity of spirit, God's going to bless it. Well, from that time, uh, we moved to what many would consider uh, God's country. We went to Starfall, Mississippi. <laughs> Mississippi State University. And I went to Starfall with fear and, and trembling. I, I went down there thinking, what does Bill, uh, what can I share with PhDs and professors and university presidents and coaches and leaders in, in that university. And what I found is that they may be uh, experts in their field of study, but what they wanted to know is just show me, lead me, direct us in how we can have a deeper relationship with God. When, when I got there in Starfall, uh, one of the things that was blessing is to develop a, a mission outreach, something that was non-existent. But it was like that whole church surrounded uh, that mission project, locally, nationally, internationally. And I got to watch that church go from a white-collar church where you just pay uh, the money and somebody else do it, 
to everyone in that church just surrounding me and being blue collar. Uh, let's get our hands dirty and let's see what God has to do uh, for us there. Uh, it was also a time that I got to walk beside a very close friend of mine, uh, the senior pastor, uh, Bob Whiteside. Uh, his wife developed brain cancer. And I told Bob, I said, Bob, uh, you be at home with Martha. She needs you. You need her. I'll take care of the church. I'll update you on everything that's going on at the church. Just live with no regrets. And it was in that season of Bob's life that I really got to see mission. Where a body of Christ surrounded their senior pastor and his wife in one of the hardest times. Uh, gut-wrenching times. But God never wastes anything. It was also during that time in Starful that uh, Dr. David Bowles, who was the Associate Athletic Director uh, at Mississippi State, uh, attended another church. He came and he said, let's begin to talk about what it, this might look like. And we were able to develop an ecumenical ministry known as SEC Today. It's a time on Wednesday where we gather and we talk football. It's very basic, very simple. Uh, we had guys that attended that we called them as reporters of the other schools, and they had two minutes to give a report of uh, the other SEC schools, and then I would close in devotion. Um, and it was, it was a, a wonderful time there that we had. Uh, and we had coaches and we had uh, players come in, and they would give their testimony, and it just, just grew and grew and grew. Uh, the women of Starfall heard about it and said, we want to be part of that. And it grew. By the time I left, it was about 250 that were meeting together in that place. They talked to me about maybe going to the other SEC locations around and just sharing what was going on here that maybe could happen at that other place. But, but here's the thing that, that just blew me away. Because of that time uh, of serving in SEC today and ecumenically like that, they nominated me and uh, I was awarded for Mississippi State uh, Athletic Hall of Fame. I didn't deserve that. There were players who earned that, but yet it's an honor that I will always cherish. Uh, and again, uh, how did that happen? Uh, another only God moment that I scratched my head over. Uh, who would have thought something like that? How? Uh, I never felt or believed that I had anything to offer for God's kingdom. I only offered uh, who I was the best I could, fully supported and encouraged by, by Becky. So these past few weeks, I've thought about those, that path of ministry that, that I've been on and how the journey was made possible by so many people, by friends, by families, by encouragers. And I look back and I can identify uh, so many connections across uh, the state. How God has blessed me and, and Becky with all those connections, truly a gift from God. Uh, then from Starful, Becky and I came here to Getwell Church. At the time, the conference was considering three different churches that we might serve. There was Senatobia first, there was Batesville first, and there was Getwell. And in this conversation, uh, again, we said to them, 
we don't want to choose. God knows where we need to go. And God chose get well. When I arrived, there was a familiar feeling that we encountered by a different district superintendent. Unbeknown to me, a district superintendent had told the staff that was here, don't tell Bill any of the issues that were here at Getwell. Uh, Twenty years ago, there were issues that were here. He told them, let Bill find out for himself. And I'm thinking, what kind of leadership is that? I sure would like to know where those landmines are before I step on them. But that wasn't the case. So Becky and I, uh, we came here, we asked the Lord, what would you have of us? And God blessed us so among you. Of all the times that we've had at the other churches, this is the richest place of memories, of friendship, of love, of ministry that we've had over all the others. In this place, Becky and I have had some of the best times of ministry. In this place, Becky and I have had some of the hardest times in ministry. But you have too. Because we walk through those hard times together. The best times and the hard times. And I want you to hear this. The best times and hard times. Even if Becky and I would have known in advance what was ahead and all that we would have to learn to navigate and walk through, we would still have chosen to be here. Why? Because of you. We got to do this together. So in preparing for today, I sat in my office and I wondered this. I wondered how many marriages that I've been privileged to perform among you. I wondered how many funerals I've also had the honor to lead for you. I tried to wrap my mind around the prayers that we've shared together, the hospital visits, those I can't believe this is happening to my family moments that we've done together. How many laughs, how many tears, how many quiet moments when just words wouldn't do? How many miracle moments? I wondered how many steps I have walked this campus, this facility. I told staff when I came here, I was 6'5". <laughs> the moments that you were beside me and others questioned my leadership and the direction of the church, and on and on and on we could go. But the most important moments of all of those are the moments of salvation, the moments of yes, because that's why we do what we do in this place. So those memories and those countless memories, uh, I began to think about them, and I thought to myself, uh, how many, Lord? And selfishly, I just said, not enough. You see, while other churches have taught me uh, so much in God's hand and developed me to be the person that I am in those different settings I mentioned, here's what I found among you at Getwell. I found a people that wanted to learn and know more about God. 
You see, you, you came and you said, there's a greater purpose for us at 7875 Get Well than just church. We want to ripple out. We want to be a difference maker. And that is what you have taught me. You desired and you realized that was a purpose that God planned for you. Because you look beyond the walls of this church into this community. And you saw an empty chair where a person needed to sit that need to know about Jesus. And probably the greatest lesson that you taught me is that as a body of believers, if you know of a transition that's ahead, and I can't name the number of transitions that we've walked through together, but if you know the transition that is ahead and you understand that it's for kingdom purposes and all about the kingdom, then it doesn't matter about your personal preference. It doesn't matter how it affects you. Because you set that to the side because you want that person just to know about Jesus. And folks, Becky and I applaud you because that's what the church should be. And I can't count the, the wow God moments and the blessings we receive from God. Because we were obedient to what he was leading us, his faithfulness has just blessed us. And I stand back and I'm just so in awe of that. I wanted to share that walk down memory lane because I looked in the mirror and I couldn't understand why. Why God chose me. In all honesty, I would have chosen a different path for my life, an easier path. But had I chosen my path, I can see how my choice would have led to a less fulfilling life. I would have managed life, but I would have missed all the opportunities and blessings that I look back and I count on today. I would have not lived life to its fullest. You see, Becky and I are, are living proof of George Bailey. It's a wonderful life. I stand here today and I'm so grateful for Get Well Church for you. And so you may wonder, what's next for Bill and Becky in retirement? Well, that's easy. I'll transition from pulpit to worship leader. <laughs> I've been asking Michelle for 20 years to sing. And I think it's about time, don't you? What will we do in 2021? Here's what Becky and I have decided about retirement. We don't want our retirement to be about self-indulgence. God isn't through with us yet. John Suddeth said it best to me. He says, you're not stepping down, you're stepping up. And we receive that affirmation. Uh, that new season will include a role where I will be on a part-time staff uh, status here at Getwell. I will continue to work with Jonathan and with Hunter, and with Nate. And it will be in a role known as Leadership Development Pastor. Uh, part of that will also include legacy giving. You're going to be hearing from me about uh, what do we do with our last tithe. You know, when this life is over, what will I do in order to remember God's faithfulness? 
as I make a difference with the resources that He has given me. I will also be part-time staff uh, with the Orchard in Tupelo. They have a satellite campus that's in Baldwin, Mississippi, and they have a pastor there by the name of Devin, and I will be walking with Devin uh, 10 hours a week just uh, supporting and encouraging him. Uh, there are three more folks, that uh, young pastors, that I'm, I'm walking with in this season as well, beyond just Jonathan and, and Hunter and Nate. And uh, Becky and I just want our house to be a time where we can come along beside and just pour in and just offer some wisdom. Uh, we believe what a difference it would have made in our life should we have had that when we started out in ministry. I'm also looking at ways in which I can volunteer different places here uh, at Getwell. But the most important thing that Becky and I will do in retirement is we're going to spend time together. But we're going to spend time with our children and with our grandchildren because our grandchildren, they grow up too, too fast. And we are so proud, proud of them. Uh, so we'll remain in the South Haven community uh, for a while. I tell people, I'm like a bad cough. You just can't get rid of me. <laughs> That's our plans, and we'll see what God has in store. Uh, today, I, I reach this point in my life, and I look back over 11 years that I had on the dairy farm. And my goodness, what a rich time of teaching that was for Bill about life and how to do it well. And now I stand 33 years of pulpit ministry, and I look back, and it seems like I blinked over, and those years have passed. Uh, there's so many things I wish I could have done differently for the kingdom, uh, but here's what I know. I know that I did what God asked of me. And Becky and I, we can hold on to that. And that's the way we're approaching the new season as well. We're just going to do what God asks of us there. So get well considering all of God's hand that's been on Becky and me uh, in our journey. I want to speak words of blessing over you. Becky's my heart. is so full of love for you. And I'm so proud of you. And the greater things that God has in store ahead. So I want you to receive these words. Uh, the first is this. Continue to seek God. In life, in the busyness of life, we can put God to the side. We can become apathetic. Uh, we can become so lazy in seeking God. Let it be the priority. Let it be the center of your life. I just want to know God and know Him more. Seek His Word. We can get in the routine of coming to church and sitting in a class, uh, sitting in a worship service, uh, hearing stories about the Word, but never going into the Word. Go for His Word. See what God's Word has for you. Be a people of prayer. Don't be ashamed of this altar. Let this altar, A-L-T-A-R, A-L-T-E-R, your life. Let this altar, alter your life. And don't be a people that ask why. Be a people that ask why not. It might just be God's knock on your heart's door. 
uh, for you to enter into a journey that you cannot imagine. Uh, be a people that always speak to one another and encouraging to one another. We have people who come here and they say they go to other churches and they go in and there's conversation going on around them and they're never spoken to, even if they're guests. Folks, that does not get well. Speak to one another. A church grows by invitation. Make it, make it your goal to invite someone to church. Let that be your resolution for next year. It's a mantra that I've lived by since Boonville. And it simply says, I never met a person for whom Christ did not die. I haven't. Be a people that sing and worship. Oh, the freedom of worship that God has brought in this place. Do not take it for granted. Be a people anxious to come and worship. Don't let worship just be convenience. But let it be a have to. That I need to be there. Just be authentic. We're all sinners saved by grace. Just welcome to get well. Where we're all getting well. And while the government may tell us to wear mask over our face, mask over our heart, not welcome in this place. We just are who we are. And while we are instructed to do all of that, be concerned and prayerful about the next generation. My goodness, what Becky and I, what you've walked through in our faith journey pales in comparison to what these young folks ahead of us will have to walk through. So you encourage them and you pray for them. And I want you to love Jonathan and Jesse, Hunter and Keaton, Nate and Whitney. Love them as you have loved Becky and me. I place them into your care. I'm not a Paul. But those are words of blessing I wanted to speak over you. Because I want you to see how Paul said it. And it's found in Colossians 4. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us. That God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I'm in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone.